Welcome to a special episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey. In this episode, the staff of Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies and some of our patron members attending ASCA 2023 talk about some of their observations after the first two full days of ASCA 2023 in Louisville, Kentucky. We apologize for the exceptionally poor sound quality of the recording, which was not recorded in our studios, and the background noise in the ballroom that we used was was quite a bit of a problem. You may find listening with headphones is easier than on a speaker. Again, we are sorry about the quality. Welcome to the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. We would like to thank our sponsors, Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers, Trivalence. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable data insights, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 190 of the ASC podcast with John Gailey for May 19th, 2023, recording live at ASCA 2023 in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Sue Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC podcast with John Gailey and Operations Manager for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. We would like to remind our listeners that the ASC regulatory environment is a rapidly evolving landscape and the material presented in this episode is based on the most current information available as of the date of recording. As such, it is important to recognize that this information may be subject to change and we advise all ASCs to stay up to date with the latest regulations and guidelines issued by their relevant regulatory bodies. And I guess we should note that this is take four. Um, <laughs> you know, this is what happens on the fourth, third, se- there's only second day. <laughs> third day. So our third recording, second day of the actual conference, and, and everybody's slap happy already. And, of course, the big party happens in about an hour and a half. Uh, so a couple milestones. Thank you all for our listeners there. We definitely want to thank our our uh, sponsors, SIS, for their uh, wonderful support of us over the last six years, uh, and our newest sponsor, Trivalence, for their ongoing support, as well as Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, where about a third of the employees are here today uh, talking with us. And last night, uh, early this morning, we hit a new milestone for the ASC podcast. Uh, we hit 50,000 downloads over the last five, six years. So that's actually an incredible milestone for the, the podcast. And again, thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. So I'm just going to go quickly around the room again and make sure everybody introduces themselves. And then I've got a couple people who have to leave early. are going to make some comments, and then we'll leave the, the ones that have no life uh, to answer answer the rest of the questions. <laughs> we'll start with Laura. Hi, Laura Plummer, Support Specialist for AHS Strategies. Wendy King, uh, Director at the Kowalski Surgery Center. Mike D'Ambrosio, uh, Regulatory Consultant with uh, AHS. Judy D'Ambrosio, Director of Education for AHS. Mary O'Day, uh, Support Specialist for AHS. Uh, Lori Roberts, Director of Clinical Services for AHS. 
<clears throat> Shane Stanford, President, Virginia Ambulatory Surgery Association. Christina Benton, President of Coding Compliance Management. <laughs> oh, Diana Powell, Regulatory Specialist with um, AA Strategies. So as I'm watching the meter on our computer here, it's flatline, so I'm not sure anybody heard anything that was said, so I encourage our speakers to speak up a little louder as we, uh, we move on here. For some reason, mine never has a problem. I don't know that. that. Lori, I'm going to start with you. I know you're going to leave, and for a very important reason, but um, uh, what were some observations? You were running around like a chicken with her head cut off today, so you've had a lot of things going on. One of my best observations was when I was in one of the rooms moderating, I can only hear John from the other room. <laughs> Presenting, so that was a little distracting. <laughs> Guess I kind of have a loud voice, as everybody says. Yeah, so keep quiet, sure, Sue. I'll, I'll encourage Aska to make sure that you're in the basement <laughs> and, and have nobody around you. That, that might work really, really well. But um, you know, like we said yesterday, there has been a lot of feedback. I just spoke to um, someone that hasn't been back since COVID, and. Um, she's enjoying it immensely, not just because of the networking with colleagues, but also with the vendors. Yeah. So that was part of, you know, the, a missing piece when it came to doing everything virtually. Um, but I uh, was extremely excited uh, today. Uh, one of our, um, now I'm going to cry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of our past presidents uh, of ASCA, uh, Kathy Bryant, was given an award, uh, the Nap Gary Award. Um, for all that she has done for not just ASCA, but also for the ASC community. And it was such a well-deserved uh, recipient, you know, truly. And it, it, was, it was nice to see. It was nice to know that she's the one that had me step in the door as a real um, member of the ASCA team. I've, I've gone to the conferences, but she's the one that got me originally on the education committee uh, the year she was leaving. Yeah woman um, but it's been phenomenal so you know I was just in the mentor mentee uh, meeting and I would say she was uh, you know she helped me be who I am <laughs> yeah. she's gonna get in trouble for that too. Um, but you know I have to say I was just very I'm very very happy and excited and that's where my I'm going now is I'm gonna go see her oh it's wonderful and I too chime in I knew her very well I worked with her when I was on the ask a board and uh, worked with her very closely during all those conferences over the years she was a she was a great mentor to me in many ways to understand more about the the political side of uh, the industry there and uh, she's a great lady I had an opportunity to talk to her for uh, 10 or 15 minutes and I know you're gonna be able to pop up uh, Shane I know you have to leave you got a conference or a session going quickly do you have anything to no I just appreciate the getting to attend this conference I thought it was well worth the, the time spent I appreciate it we'll be glad to see you on uh, Saturday mornings again with our patron program uh, patron members but not, tomorrow. <laughs> but not tomorrow. tomorrow you're right I better get that email out soon <laughs> Christina. I've, um, I was impressed with some of the presentations that I went to today, particularly the active shooter. There's yeah. always good information to get. Uh, they were really dead on, no pun intended, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no pun intended, dead on on the, um, the necessity not to dismiss a anybody's concern. And right. the key mm -hmm. word being mm -hmm. concern, he did emphasize that 
Um, that's one of the trigger words that when it's being brought up to one of your supervisors, not to just put it off, roll your eyes, leave, and call it a day, that typically there's warning signs for these these individuals when something's about to occur. So, And then we did the um, multi-generational workforce, and mm -hmm. it was really interesting to see how um, some of the statistics the, that Heather was presenting was in favor of mixed multi-generational workforce P patients and employees respond oh. better when there's a mix patients trust the um the staffing when there's a mixture of ages in nursing staff and in um, business office staff working with them so it was very interesting was there a seeing. preference for one age uh, did they appreciate the mix of it or did they the mix of the it, mix yes. of it so they didn't yes. want to just see one age versus the Correct. other one Correct. Uh, that's interesting that, it was very interesting i was really yeah. surprised about that so that wow. was a, that was definitely good good information um, so that was those were my biggest takeaways in that respect well, I just wanted to follow up on on what Christina just said because I was here for the last part of the uh, conversations about mentoring, yeah. and I can draw a line between what she was talking about and what um, the gentleman was talking about who gave the presentation on the active shooter, because the bottom line for both of those yeah. presentations is almost be kind to each other, be kind to the people that you work with. You know, and if somebody's having a problem, you know, if there's somebody with, if they cause concern, then already make sure that the environment that you have in place is comfortable enough to A, recognize that, and B, to go in and, and say, and have that part of the culture. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? How do you feel? And open it up. And it was like, the both sides were like, not about gossip and not about, you know, everybody. Let's have an open environment as best we can. Mm -hmm. Because not only is that going to add to the mentorship and the, you know, just helping everybody do their best. And, and But it's also, let people feel a part of the family mm -hmm. of your office. That's what he said. And if there's somebody who doesn't, then that's the person that you look at and you say, okay, what, what can we do so that you're more, because if you're treating everybody as part of the organization, that, that everybody belongs, it's going to make everybody else rise to that mm -hmm. level. But it's also going to point out if there's somebody who's struggling or who isn't part of that org. And she said, or he said rather, you have to, you can't just put blinders on. You mm -hmm. have to watch out for that and you have to notice it and you have to have a plan. But he, he really said, be empathetic. And, and she exactly was talking right. about be empathetic. You have to and be so, empathetic and sincere. And, and sincere. Just say, hey, right. how are you doing? And you're walking away and not even I, making eye contact with somebody. You need to be sincere in asking them how right. are they doing. And do that by building the culture. So it's not something that just, oh, yeah, we're just going to let, because the person who's having issues might be like, oh, they're not sincere. They're not, they're not asking that of anybody else here. It's just yeah. me. I mean, he really made that point, make it part of the culture. And that's what the point she made. Make it part of the culture so that somebody who needs to be mentored feels safe enough to say, hey, can, I, can you help me with this? This yeah, is what I need. Vulnerable. So I just, you know, that kind of just all came together. That's why I went. I think, I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I moderated the session with the uh, active shooter, and he made a comment that I thought was, uh, was in the territory of mentoring. 
and that was hire slow, fire fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wow. What, I, I mean, I've, I've heard it a couple of times, but it really hit yep. me today as he was talking about, you know, and we know we can't just go out and hire the first person that walks through the door that says that they know what ASC stands for. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to work hard to make sure that we're finding somebody that's a good fit. But the fire fast part, I don't think we think about. In other words, cut the ties, don't drag it out. Because you might end up with an active shooter, or you might end up with somebody that intergenerationally is not able to actually fit into your pro your, your your operation. So I thought that was uh, probably, if I, were to, if, if I were to ask myself what my big takeaway today was, I thought it was that. And I saw that in a, a previous, I believe it was another active shooter from a previous conference, where they did say that because you could be in that initial phase where it's okay to fire somebody without really running into a lot of problems. And if you start noticing things just aren't right, other yeah. people are kind of not feeling safe, then, yeah, like you said, that, that's the time to deal with it. He also mentioned the idea of utilizing uh, a probationary period. Hire them for a year and, yeah. and you know, you'll, usually those traits will come out and, you know, if it's not a good fit, very easy to dismiss mm -hmm. because, you know, hey, you're under probation, it's, yeah. time, it's time to move on. So. Yeah, I thought Michelle brought up something very important that that we as leaders who have made so many mistakes over the years, you know, who in a leadership position who actually is very honest has not said that they've made far more mistakes than they've <laughs> made the right decision. And that's why we got to where we were in leadership is by making those mistakes. Someday I'll actually admit to some of those, but for now we'll just leave it at that. But I, I think, you know, recognizing that that is part of what leadership is, is admitting to those. Alex just joined us, so I'm next, uh, next going to uh, uh, let Alex introduce himself and then uh, talk about his uh, big takeaways today. Yeah, I'm Alex Borneman, Director of Operations for AHS. also do a lot of life safety for, for our company as well. So in terms of things that I saw today, there was a lot more life safety today, yeah. which was enjoyable for some of us. <laughs> it, yeah, it maybe was, for the life safety gigs, right, but right. not for the poor, poor nurses out there that were listening to those presentations. No. Right, and jotting things down like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I always love hearing from different life safety surveyors and, and people that are in the industry because everybody has a different take on, on the code set and, and on how they're seeing the industry how the industry is currently looking at the codes and what's upcoming, what what are the current citations, what are the citations that are developing a little bit more. One of those is the battery conductivity test that has to be done monthly. That was an item that we, we've known for a while exists, but it really hasn't been a, a point of contention on surveys. It's really been a, a consultative comment, and it sounds like it's really developing into something that we need to start focusing on. So it, that was one of my key takeaways. Um, but there, there was a lot of good that came out of the sessions today. The compliance plan session was really good. What, good. what was the big takeaway from that one? So I, from, I, I don't know how many people actually attended it. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 okay. Why don't we talk about that next then and the three of you that were there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the most valuable things that I took away was actually just one of his slides that showed all of the different elements that go into corporate compliance, or in, I shouldn't say corporate compliance, I should say compliance in general, because mm -hmm. corporate compliance is just one element of those. Right. 
usually Hello. referring to financial and uh, you know uh, ethics, etc. Right, right. Fraud and abuse, right. th- those types of things. But everything we do from following the standards for AAAC, um, you know, the the regulations through CMS and our our, our local governments, all of those things fall under compliance. And I really like the idea that he had about having a external company that has like a 1-800 number basically that the staff can call. Mm -hmm. It's anonymous um, and they can really feel comfortable um, no matter what the issue is. Calling that number, getting documented the issue that they see in terms of compliance and, and then having that fed into the compliance officer um, anonymously if they want. And I think that's a great way to go because we never know exactly what our culture is from a leadership perspective on the ground level right. um, in our organization. We don't know who actually feels comfortable stepping forward. We can ask, we can we can try to get as close to knowing as possible, but we never really know. And you got to give them that safe environment or, or uh, me- mechanism to do it. Go the ahead, Judy. If you have a small center, they're not going to have the ability to hire an outside company. So back to what Diana said, you really have to, to nurture that that culture of please, please feel open, feel safe um, to mention something that you see that might not be right. And even if you think you might be wrong, it's better to have this conversation so we can explain to you the norm that it's not really as bad as you think it is, but we're so glad that you brought it to our attention. Um, and I also like his, his concept of do you have a compliance risk assessment? Wait, mm. do, we, do we have a corporate compliance risk assessment? I tried to say that. She looked at me and asked me, I'm like, mm. I was trying to ask <laughs> don't, don't we have enough risk assessments already? I <laughs> know. <laughs> but to think about yeah. how, how safe are we? Do our yeah. people feel comfortable enough yeah. to bring something like that to our attention? Does everybody feel that open door thing mm-hmm. that we all say we have, but really how open is it? Right. Um, and I thought that was just a great way to look at it. Again, we come back to the same concept. Like Diane was saying, that culture of we are here as a family, we are here to work together and you know, make people feel that what they feel and what they think is important. And not, not allowing people to leave simply because of something like that. They didn't even feel comfortable bringing that question up. I, it's funny how we keep coming back to the same things over and over again, the same theme. Yeah, well, it did seem to be a theme throughout. Yeah. I went to the compliance because I'm a support specialist, so I don't really know too much about it. So I went to learn about it. And I also went to the um, In Search of Excellence clinical benchmarking. I have so many questions for Alex. I have a laundry list of activities him and I are going to work on for our clients to make benchmarking more for them. To make them, you know, apples to apples instead of a bunch of apples to one apple. So Alex is going to be busy. I, I, you know, I want to bring up something that, that we find important here. First of all, uh, I, I want to praise our company for the incredible investment that we have made in sending people. I think we have 12 people here. The budget is over $20,000, if any of it. That's why you're not getting any bonuses this year. No, no I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, just kidding. But that's an incredible investment, and I know that we are so fortunate in our company to be able to do that. Uh, and I feel bad for the, uh, there's about three people that have been left behind because we have to have somebody in the corporate office to, to be able to answer these things. But that's a huge investment. And, uh, but when we look around, 
you know, we've got the people that are in our leadership positions in our organization as well as the people that are, uh, like Laura, who's actually doing the work. You know, let's face it, uh, you know, somebody's actually going to do the work while the rest of us take credit for it. And Laura, you know, and, and I think you can see how already how it's paying dividends because, you know, you're the one that actually is down there in the trenches, you know, gathering the data and trying to find better ways to, uh, you know, to put together this information. And that's why I appreciate the conference because it educates me mm -hmm. on what, instead of me saying, Alex, can they do this? Judy, can they do that? I've learned and I can, I can take care of it. And and learn how to come up with maybe something that's easier to do it a different way. Right. Well said. Because I am the one doing it. <laughs> I just wanted to add one thing. When I'm so happy you said benchmarking apples to apples because that was something that started yesterday when we were talking about it was compliance. It was also talking about um, contracts. They were talking about contracts and how you put them together and what you look for. And the thing that really got hammered home, and I was really happy to hear it, was make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Make sure that, and they had a picture of an apple and an orange. It's like, because, but you could, we, we all know what those look like. And we, if we think about it, let's make sure that that's what we're doing so that we are successfully taking these measurements. So. Wendy, you are new to our group here. You have been a long-term podcast listener and a Saturday morning patron program uh, attendee. Uh, is this your first conference? No, um, I went last year. Okay, good. And actually, last year, I was the administrator program. Yeah. So we were kind of in our own little section, so I didn't get to pick Don't. what I listened to. Yeah. So this year I tried to do a variety of talks. I did some talks, went to some talks on staffing and engagement, um, did some of the life safety talks, went to your wonderful talk. Thank you very much. Um, so thank you for making financial benchmarking actually interesting <laughs> and fun. Um, and I feel like I'm at the point where I just need to digest some yeah. of my notes. Yeah. Um, but I feel more confident about being able to ask questions. Good, good. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It was a great opportunity to see my mentor again. Yeah. And um, I'm a big advocate for mentors. I think everybody needs to have several mentors in their life um, and also to be a mentor. Absolutely. Don't you pay back to the industry. And what, was there anything that kind of wowed you today? Um, just the commitment to the ASC community. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time and energy. Um, it's just nice to have that support yeah. to know that I don't have to do this by myself. Right. There are lots of resources and people that are willing to share and answer questions. Um, have people that I met even from my own state that I, you know, don't didn't know before I came yeah. here. Um, so people that I can contact locally, but also all of you guys. So. I, you know, I find it interesting that I, I walk into this conference, which is only once a year, you know, and sometimes we have another one halfway through the year, and you walk up to somebody, like, to, I was just with Michelle George, the moderator didn't know I was a moderator until last, Michelle and I have known each other for a long time, and it's like, oh, I just saw you yesterday. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I haven't seen her for years, or for a year, you know, but you, that's what happens here, is you get, you develop these relationships with people that you kind of forget that you only see them once a year, but that once a year, this three-day conference, and that's one of the themes here is, okay, we do wonderful podcasts, I hope. We do wonderful virtual conferences, we hope. But 
there is just nothing like being in person, sitting next to somebody, having a random conversation, developing a new personal relationship, which you can't do on a computer screen. Uh, so again, uh, find the time to be able to do this and, and, and recognize that so much of the trip here is not necessarily the presentations. They are important, there's no doubt about that. But it's sitting next to somebody in that presentation who then becomes one of your closest colleagues over the years. So she'd never been here, right? And she came probably at your urging. Right, I right. Assume. Yeah, and a couple, uh, a few of my clients actually. She's and, been really nice. And I brought nice. Ellen, who is, is one of my, who had never been. Yep. And they're like, well, well, I go to the state one. And I go, the state one's lovely. <laughs> but you really need to be, you need to see this to understand the education that, that you get from it, you know? I just uh, like I'm thinking to myself, hey, I've seen her all day, so I hope she learned a whole lot. <laughs> um, She's probably actually been attending all these conference, uh, these sessions. Um, unlike us, I mean, we attend them, but we we get together after. But I've, I've seen you spend a lot of time with Andrea, so I'm like a mentor to her to bring her to this to mm -hmm. see what what is is available to her. Yeah, that and that she's not alone. Right, right. It, she's not alone. There's a lot of a lot of um, administrators like her, um, and for the nurse managers, clinic clinical director, same thing. Um, and to, it, I think it really has helped all of them see kind of like the forest, whereas they're, they're focused on they're the trees. usually focused on their tree, yeah. you know? Um, so Well, and they get to know us better, too. Right, mm -hmm. right. They get to know AHS and what we do, and that everybody here is here to help them cares also. About them. Cares about them, not just Alex, them. just but because they're Alex's, but all of us care about them. Yeah. And I think somebody made the point that, you know, uh, the ambulatory uh, search centers are gonna feel like they're on an island, you know, they're yeah. kind of on their own, you know, to feel that camaraderie. And, you know, you're in the same boat, that's important. It's right. hard to take people off the floor, I know, and I know it's expensive. I mean, yeah. $20,000 is a whole lot of expensive. But it's expensive just to bring um, one take, take one nurse off the floor, take your administrator out of the building. And I know that that's hard to do, um, but the, the return on that investment is, is just enormous. Absolutely. Mary. What was your big takeaway today? Uh, well, I listening to Lori uh, with patient satisfaction, um, what she said, you know, people who are happy. Um, They'll tell one person, but if somebody's unhappy, they'll tell the world. So mm -hmm. if they're important, it's not the, you know, not, there's a lot of uh, issues around wait time and this and that. You can't avoid, you cannot, you really have issues. But she kind of got back down to basics of remembering to take care of your patients in many different ways as far as, you know, just being human, you know, mm -hmm. and not being so robotic and in a hurry. Mm -hmm. So I did take away that you know we just got to get back to basics and um, a couple of the benchmarking, the financial benchmarking went to yours mm -hmm. and good reminder. Make sure you have enough supplies. You don't want to you know just stupid ways to um, you know lose money is because you just don't have enough to do certain things. So make sure you're prepared and that you and, don't have to cancel cases as a result right, of that yeah, type of yes, decision. Yeah, know, just like just. And not so much stupid, but just don't be neglectful. Mm -hmm. you know, keep keep in mind. And then the clinical benchmarking, I you know I was interested in because we we work with that. And um, 
I found uh, that, you know, with the clinical benchmarking, if you are, you know, looking at your own center and saying, oh, I never would have thought that that is a problem until I actually saw it on paper mm -hmm. and looked at the medium for everybody else's centers, and now it looks like we, it's some, uh, an area we need to improve. So I did get a lot out of today's stuff. Mike. Circling back to life safety, one of the things that uh, you know, struck me this year is doing security uh, risk assessments. Uh, again, I know we have enough risk assessments, but <clears throat> kind of opened my eyes that, uh, that w that's one area that I think we, we can do some improvement on is, is looking at the centers and, and are they secure and, and what type of security, you know, are they, do, do they have vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, workplace violence. Uh, there's rules coming out. Uh, Joint Commission's actually added something, you know, to actually um, uh, start to uh, kind of use demand that as, as part of an accrediting uh, portion, and, and that's coming down the pike. So, you know, kind of, and then involving, you know, your local police, your local, there's a lot of resources out there, Homeland Security, uh, you know, utilizing some of those resources to, to kind of build security in your, in your center. Workplace violence, unfortunately, is, is on the increase. Here to be, yeah. And, uh, and that was a real uh, interesting session. Uh, some added, opened my eyes to, I think, an opportunity that we can we can help uh, our clients with. I want to thank everybody. Uh, your input has been. By the way, Sue and I have not actually talked about some of. It. We've, we've chimed in every couple times, uh, every once in a while. But uh, we will be actually doing a, uh, a retrospective on this when we get back to the studio uh, on some of our observations here. We wanted to have all the people who are uh, attending, you know, chime in today. And and this is the last of the live podcasts that we're doing live recordings that we're doing. Obviously, it's not going out live. Don't worry, Wendy. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll try to get this out by Saturday sometime on. Saturday. Saturday. But I want to thank everybody for your, your hard work, your diligence. Obviously, you haven't been uh, slacking off while you've been here, and uh, this has been a great job. I know you're going to be very tired when you get back on Sunday here. But again, thank you for everything, and uh, uh, we'll see you at the party in a few minutes. Thank you, It's been a long day, and the surveyor has just left, and you are exhausted and looking at the list of items that you have to address. You wonder, how can I deal with this and still take care of my patients? More importantly, you wonder, how can I ever keep up with all of the regulations, standards, and accreditation requirements? How can I always be prepared for a survey and reduce my stress levels? Well, that's what Ambitory Healthcare Strategies does, day in, day out. We become your outsourced regulatory and accreditation resource. We can maintain your policy manual, develop your education programs, help out with fire and disaster drills, do your risk assessments, oversee your quality improvement activities, help run your quality improvement meetings and governing body meetings, and we can even prepare your monthly or quarterly financial statements and help you figure out where you are financially. We are a retainer-based service. We don't take ownership. We don't charge based on your revenue. We have one fixed monthly fee, and we can tailor your services to your exact needs. So whether you're looking for help getting over a survey, preparing for a survey, or looking for a long-term relationship to assist you with your ongoing regulatory and or financial needs, please give us a call at 
or email us at info at ahstrategies.com. That is info at ah-strategies.com or visit our website at ah-strategies.com. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Surgical Information Systems, Trivalence, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Surgical Information Systems provides cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable insights. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies is the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute, legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. If you are interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.